Welcome to the Metox podcast. I'm Fran Dargaville, a functional nutritionist. My home base is in Sydney, Australia, but you'll just as often find me following the sunshine and warmer weather around the world, and of course, hunting down all the best coffee shops while I'm at it. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions, and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hey guys, I have had a whole month off social media. What? I planned on having a week or so off over the holidays and next thing I knew, it's the end of January. I really wanted to take a step away so that I could have some time out to relax and prioritize self-care and also to focus on my message and getting really clear on how I can help you guys best. And I definitely got that and so much more. And I might need to make a podcast episode sharing all about my experience with this digital detox. If you've worked with me before, you might know that I'm a little bit obsessed with personality tests. I love Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, and I use this approach with clients and in my programs a lot. I also love the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. So it's pretty obvious that I would have been excited to discover human design. This is just another framework or lens that we can use to get to know ourselves better. I think this process of self-discovery is really important to help us learn about ourselves, to figure out what's important for us, and to help us reach our goals in life. In this episode, I chat with Kaylee Anello, who is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, just like me, a human design analyst, and she's also currently working towards becoming a homeopath. Her mission is to help people activate their innate healing potential, and to connect back to their soul's purpose with nutrition, energy medicine, and human design. Kaylee shares with us what human design is, the best way to find out your human design type, and how to work with your type to be the best version of yourself. So let's get into the episode. Hey, Kaylee, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you for having me, Fran. I'm so excited to have you here. So could you share with us a little bit about your background and how you got into health and also human design? Yeah, absolutely. So it started for me uh, when I was around 20. Um, It happened kind of by chance in college. I had had like some injuries um, that I needed to work through that uh, just weren't really going away. They're kind of chronic and annoying. And so um, I had heard about this chiropractor that uh, was supposedly like really, really good with injuries and everything like that. So I ended up going to see him and He was really the only person within like 30 minutes that I just felt so, so much better. And it turns out that he is actually also an herbalist and into a lot of functional medicine and everything like that. So he kind of like took me to the side and was like, hey, I know that you talked about having some digestive difficulties. And so really he was like my introduction into the world of natural health. Um, And I... I started seeing him uh, for digestion and for some uh, muscle aches and pains. And it was just like a whole world opened up that was so completely unexpected and really 
set me on the path to eventually uh, become an NTP years down the road, um, which is why I actually moved from Chicago to Portland uh, to pursue that because then they didn't have uh, the NTP program in Chicago and uh, they do now, which is pretty cool. So it's spreading. Um, but yeah, I started with that and then uh, the same practitioner in Chicago, him and his wife were very much into astrology. Like, yeah, I remember on the first visit, he asked me what my sun sign was, and I thought he was so bizarre. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, Pisces, why? <laughs> like, what does this have to do with anything? Um, but I, I slowly came around to it. It was definitely like something that I had never been exposed to before. But there was just something about uh, astrology that really resonated with me. And so I kind of took it from there. Um, so because I had already known about astrology, when I found out about human design, it was just kind of a natural thing that I wanted to dive deep into. And I really just became obsessed with it. And I saw that, you know, there was a link between uh, human design type and energy centers in human design and symptoms and health. And so it was just so fascinating to dive into that world. Yeah, that is so fascinating. And it, isn't it so interesting how, I mean, for so many of us, we just happen to go through these journeys and meet these people right. along the way that introduce us to these different modalities. And I think it's just really, really cool and really interesting. Yeah, I was really happy that um, I came around to it because, you know, there, there's some people who will just hear about it and it's just so outside of their realm that they'll kind of, you know, they, they're not even interested in looking into it at all. So I'm always grateful that I had a bit of an open mind with it because it just, you know, once you learn about it and go down the rabbit hole and just see it and you see it in real uh, life, I guess, people living their energy types you can't help but become curious about it and see that there is something to it. Yeah, absolutely. And why I wanted to get you on the show as well is because you are a nutritional therapy practitioner as well. So mm -hmm. I know that you actually have that knowledge, you know, combined with human design because what I've seen out there is a lot of people, you know, who are giving advice based on human design, like nutritional advice and health advice yeah. and that kind of thing. And some of the advice I've seen out there is really concerning. So I, yes. I really <laughs> like that you have that background knowledge and awareness of bioindividuality bio and, you know, whole foods and all of that combined with the human design because, you know, I'm guessing that gives you a whole new a whole different depth and you know a whole lot more understanding of course than people that are just giving these kind of recommendations based on that alone yeah and that's part of kind of what pushed me to become a human design reader in the first place is i knew there was something to the system but i didn't really fully resonate with how it was being taught and uh with what some of the readers were saying i just thought that I wanted to give my unique perspective, a bit more of a grounded approach. Um, and I, oh, you're right, yeah, some of the, the dietary stuff can be concerning as well. So I've just found that people know deep down intuitively what they need. It's just a matter of knowing how your own individual intuition speaks to you because it will be different for everybody. Because I think you know, when people talk about intuitive eating and intuition, it's such a vague term. 
and people don't actually really understand what it means is what I've come to find. I don't know if you found that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think, you know, most of us are so out of touch that it uh-huh. is a huge process to come back to that place of intuition and listening to that innate wisdom of the body. We're so far detached that, you know, even the concept of, of eating intuitively is just pretty hard to grasp, I think. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you said, it's just, it's a massive process. So you've got to start where you're at, but I think for a lot of us, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And I think what I like about using human design as well is it kind of gives people the tools to begin to go out on their own with their health. And I found that people don't succumb to the trends as much because they, because they know how to access their intuition and what feels right for them. They don't feel like they're spinning around anymore in circles because it's, it's always like, there's always that new diet, the new supplement that it can feel really disorienting and confusing uh, in the health world. And I, people get really frustrated by that. I know I did. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that because that's something that I'm all about as well, because again, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not bio-individual. And if you're just jumping around from diet to diet, from fad to fad, you're never getting in touch with your body. You're never getting to the root cause of anything, you know, any symptoms or anything you might be experiencing. And it's just, you know, just, just jumping around and just distracting yourself basically, instead of going deeper. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I really, really feel for those people because I was there too for a long time, um, just feeling so just fed up. And like, it even was to the point where I kind of went away from the nutrition world for a while because I was just so tired of like every new trend and everybody contradicting themselves. And uh, once I found human design, it actually kind of led me back into nutrition and understanding that it's a really, really good foundation to have because once you supply your body with the proper nutrients, it needs to, uh, I guess, properly function for lack of a better word. It actually will help you in turn to follow your intuition and to be able to tune into your body's more subtle signals because uh, you don't have these loud symptoms kind of covering them up. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, so we have spoken loads about human design already, but a lot of people who are listening might have never heard of human design at all. They may have no idea what it is. They may have no idea what energy type they are. So could you please explain to us what human design actually is and also how understanding our design can support our health, our emotional well-being and all of that? Sure. So if you're familiar with astrology, it's much like that in that you take your birth time and your birthplace and you put it into a system. And essentially, um, for people who don't know who want to look up their type for free, you can do so on mybodygraph.com. And uh, you do have to know your birth time. And usually that's on the original birth certificate. You may have to do a bit of digging. Um, But once you input all that information, you're going to get what looks like a kind of a chart or what they call the body graph. And so it'll give you your energy type and a lot of other information um, that we'll get into. But so 
the system essentially is a combination of ancient systems that have been used, I mean, forever. Our ancestors relied heavily upon these systems. And um, so it's a combination of the astrology, uh, the Chinese I Ching, um, Kabbalah, quantum physics is actually a part of it too. Um, and uh, much like the Hindu chakra system, the centers are in the body graph. So I just think it's such a beautiful synthesis that really tells a full story of what somebody's energetic blueprint is and how they can interact with the world and make decisions uh, to stay on their unique, authentic path. And it also uh, brings a lot of awareness to where we may have been conditioned, either from our parents or our culture or friends and family, um, where we may have kind of gone off track in tuning into our authentic selves. Um, so I just think that it's a great roadmap for people to interface with and tune into um, to see, you know, how did they uniquely come into the world? Yeah, absolutely. I just find it so fascinating. And I think I've always been really interested in all these different personality tests and yeah. astrology and all of that. And I think, you know, yeah. whether or not you are a massive skeptic, you know, what's the harm? It's fun to look into. And if that's all that ends up being for you is just a little bit of fun, then that's awesome. And if you end up taking something away from it that can support you in your life, then that's really awesome as well. Yeah, I think what I see with human design, um, actually a lot of people who are interested in the Enneagram come to me for readings or even Myers-Briggs. Um, and for them, the proof has really been in the pudding because I'll give them a chart reading and they're just shocked at how accurate their chart is. And they tell me a lot that it's the first time they've really felt seen or heard and just they, they feel really validated. Um, and it's and then they experiment with it and it works for them. So we really just like to call human design a big experiment. You can try it. If you don't find any value in it, that's okay. But there's so many people who have found a lot of value in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that idea of the big experiment because that's, you know, that's what I say to my nutrition clients all the time. If they've got to make some pretty massive dietary changes, which happen sometimes or mm -hmm. different lifestyle changes, I'm like, just see it as a big experiment, have fun with it. Don't take it all so seriously. Yes. Um, I think that just makes all of this stuff so much easier and more light and more fun instead of seeing, you know, all of these things and, and life and health and all of that is just really heavy, overwhelming burdens, which a lot of us can, can tend to do. Yeah. It's like that phrase, be serious about taking things lightly. Yeah. I, think I love that. I love that. <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. So I know in human design, there are a number of different energy types. So could you mm -hmm. share with us a little bit more about each type and what each of the types involve? Absolutely. So um, the two most common types are generators or manifesting generators. And both of those types, what they have in common is that they have a defined sacral center so if you're looking at your body graph on mybodygraph.com or whatever website you decided to put in your information, uh, there's going to be a red square where your belly button is. And that's the sacral. Again, it's much like the chakras, but there's nine of them instead of seven. It's the difference there. But 
So these are what we call um, the most energetic types and they make up about 70% of the population between those two. And so uh, I guess I'll distinguish a little bit between the two. So the generator, um, they're really here to be lit up by what they do. They're here to love work and to uh, do things that really light up that sacral center because the sacral is what gives them a really sustainable energy. It's kind of like the energizer bunny. But where I see a lot of generators and manifesting generators too are included is that they are stuck in jobs that they really, really don't love or they keep saying yes to things that they think they should say yes to because they feel like they, they have some duty to somebody else. And so what happens when uh, those two types keep saying yes to things that are really a no is that it kind of drains that sacral energy over time. So then they start to feel burnt out and fatigued and then they'll come to a nutritional therapy practitioner, right? So um, it's a lot of what the essence is for all of the types is uh, energy usage and doing things that resonate on a deep level. So for manifesting generators, where they differentiate a little bit is that they're really good at wearing many different hats. So a lot of times they'll have um, a lot of different job titles. They'll always kind of be running around. They thrive on multitasking and they can actually gain energy from the activities that they do in that way. So they're just kind of like generators times two is, is usually how I see it. They're very energetic, always on the go. But they too, you know, need rest and sleep and need to know when enough is enough. Um, so those are those two types. And then there's manifestors and they don't have that sacral defined. Um, and so they're going to need to be a little bit wiser about their energy usage. They're really here to be domino flickers, as I like to call them. They're kind of like the people who are here to initiate and um, get things started and then they're going to rely upon the generators and the manifesting generators to see things through and to help them out with whatever passion projects they have, because they're not going to have that same kind of sustainable energy. Uh, they're very independent types. They're like the lone wolves of human design. So that's them. And then projectors, they're kind of like the guides and the overseers. They're like uh, the bird that's looking down that has a zoomed out perspective. They see um, patterns and a lot of things that we tend, the other types tend to miss out on because they're so in it. Uh, projectors are kind of more detached and um, they're really here to be guides. Uh, they also have to be careful about their energy usage because they don't have the sacral defined either. And so they kind of have this set energy bank that they need to be wise about using each day. And there are people who tend to uh, be more in a niche than other types because they really love to dive deep into um, a couple of different things that really pique their interest and really master systems. Uh, there's a lot of projectors in human design, I've noticed, because <laughs> they're just so good at mastering systems that are so niche like this one. And they have this really unique ability of seeing people, which is why a lot of them are, are healers as well, tend to be counselors, healers, those kind of types. And then there's reflectors, which are the rarest types. They're only about 1% of the population. And what makes them a reflector is that all of their nine centers are completely open. 
And so they're constantly taking in energy from their environment and from the people around them. And then they amplify this energy. And so it's so important for them to be in environments and around people that are really supportive um, and that nourish them. Because uh, they are what's called the canary in the coal mine of human design. They're really mirrors back to how we're doing as a society. So uh, they, they say in human design that our society is doing as well as the reflectors are doing because they're going to be a measure of if we're doing well or if we've kind of gone off track and things need to be brought back into balance. Yeah, so that is really, really fascinating. And for anyone listening who doesn't know their type yet, I'd definitely go and check that out. Um, but for me, I've, I found this really helpful and interesting because I'm a projector and uh-huh. coming from a background of having chronic fatigue and a whole bunch of different health issues, I think that was really just me trying to you know fit myself into the paradigm that most of us are in with you know working full-time and hustling and you know even if you feel tired you just push through and don't take the opportunity to rest and I know this isn't just about projectors this is probably related to a number of different types as well but how would you suggest that people can actually start to uh, particularly for these um you know, types that maybe don't have such sustainable energy, how would you suggest that people can start to work with their type? And, you know, even maybe if they're in this, um, this world with structures and they're not necessarily able to be as, as flexible as we might, you know, running our own businesses and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good question. So there's, there's a couple of pieces to this. And so what I didn't get into with the types is that there's always going to be a strategy and an authority. And so that has a lot to do with how each type makes decisions. And so, for example, with uh, your projector type, they have to wait for the invitation. And that's really just the universe uh, sending out to you what may or may not be right for you. And so it's about, again, using energy wisely. And so... Uh, projectors are received a lot better by their peers when they are invited into things and invited in to give their opinion. So for a projector, it's about noticing what you keep getting, what kinds of things you keep getting invitations for, whether it be like in your case, maybe you kept seeing things about the NCA and it just felt like it really resonated on a deep level. And so um, you ended up being an NTP and specializing in that. Um, or uh, a friend of a projector, they keep saying, you know, you'd be really good at this, or I'd love your advice on this. Um, It's just about noticing um, what the people around you invite you to. And um, so that's for projectors. Um, And I know, I know, I I resonate with that. It's, It's really difficult to kind of be living your design in a society that's so set up for nine to five and a very rigid kind of structured setting. Um, and so uh, luckily I think that is changing over time and there's a lot uh, other opportunities that are opening up. Um, but it is just a matter of starting with awareness. And like we said at the beginning of the interview, really just starting where you're at. The same applies for human design. You know, if you learn that you're a projector that has to be a little bit wiser about energy usage and maybe isn't so fit for a nine to five, 
it's just about opening up the question, what can I shift? What do I have control over now um, that I, I can make a little more space for myself um, to explore and to really find what I love to do. Um, and so, as I mentioned before, projectors are very niche oriented. So spending more time really owning your craft, whatever that is, and then putting it out there, um, whether it be in real life or on social media, and then you'll find that people start responding to that and you start to gain momentum in your niche. So I think there's a lot of opportunity um, out there. Things are shifting in that way, but definitely have to be patient with yourself in the process. Yeah, that is, that is really fascinating. And it's really funny what you said about um, when I first heard about the um, projector, is that the, the strategy that's waiting for the invitation? Yeah. Yeah. So when I first heard about that, I was like, no, (laughs) how am I supposed to build a business while I'm just, you know, sitting back waiting for an invitation. But it's so funny how I've just been observing over the last um, last little while, last year or so, how, um, you know, just by just putting myself out there and, um, and all of that, how these incredible opportunities just, just seem to appear. It's really, really interesting. So. Absolutely. And the best, the best opportunities do really appear that way. I've seen that with myself. I'm a generator type, but we have to wait to respond, which is slightly different. Um, people often get confused with the two because I know they sound very similar. Um, but it's, it's true. If you keep putting yourself out there and, um, you surround yourself with like-minded people, um, you'll be really surprised at how little effort you have to put in, in terms of like getting people to see you and, um, being recognized. The recognition comes when you really put yourself out there in an authentic way. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned your human design. So I would love to know how you work with it, you know, in your day to day to support your health, to support your happiness and, and your work and and everything that you do. Absolutely. Um, So one of the huge keys for me was uh, tuning in, like I said, to my strategy and authority for generator. It's uh, wait to respond, like I mentioned. And then my authority is emotional authority. And so what that means is that um, my solar plexus center is defined, which is the center of emotions. And it's essentially letting me know that if I'm feeling particularly high or particularly low um, emotionally that day, it's going to impact my decision-making ability. So understanding that um, was really huge for me because I did find that I was more likely to say yes to things if I was in a good mood and then I would regret it later. Um, it's, it's kind of like that thing where you're invited to a party and then it's the night before and you're like, oh my God, why did I say yes to that? I'm sure we've all had that experience. Um, and so it, it just understanding that, that I needed to hit an emotionally neutral point before, especially before making big decisions because there can be an impulsiveness uh, with emotional authority and over half the population has emotional authority. So probably half your listeners will have this and be able to resonate with this. Um, and so that was really, really big for me because it, it shows up even in small ways, like with work. If, if somebody sets you off in an email, 
it'll put you on an emotional wave. You'll be angry and you want to angry, you know, respond back and, and you may say things you don't mean. And, you know, whereas if you, if you say, okay, I'm going to sleep on this and I'm going to come back to it when I'm not emotional, you'll, you'll look at that email and you're like, why was I so upset about that? Like, that's not even a big deal. (laughs) And you'll respond in a much better way. So that's a really good tool that I apply like all the time. Um, and the waiting to respond thing, I used to very much try to live like a manifester, uh, because manifestors are the only type who are actually here to initiate things and not wait in some shape or, uh, form. So essentially what I would do is I, I would get really impatient with things and I would go out there and I would force things to happen. I'd reach out and apply for all these jobs and, just nothing ended up going the way I wanted it to. And so I finally just like, was like, okay, I'm going to try this wait to respond thing. So essentially the sacral is what responds and it either responds with like a yes, which is like a lit up feeling like you're excited about it. You expand or it's a no, which is more of like a contracted, like I experience it as like my stomach kind of sinks and I'm like, Oh, this just isn't right. Um, and so as soon as I put out there, you know, I'll give you an example of what happened of how I did something differently and ended up going a lot better than usual. When I graduated as an NTP, I knew I wanted to study homeopathy. Um, I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it's a yeah, form yeah. of, you do? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a form of energy medicine for those who don't know, but um, there was really only one homeopath in Portland where I live, which came up on Google. And so I had his name in the back of my mind for a while. And the old me would have initiated and tried to set like up like a interview with him or something, or try to get like a job as his like desk person or something like that, like force my way in there. (laughs) And what I did instead was I didn't make myself completely invisible because, you know, again, it's the idea of putting yourself out there without expectations. So what I did instead, I emailed him. I said that I was interested in homeopathy. Did he know of any groups or anything going on around the city that had to do with homeopathy? So it was very like open-ended, no strings attached kind of thing. And he responded with, well, you know, I would love to uh, meet you and hear a little bit about, you know, what your level of interest is in homeopathy. And when I saw that email, it came just like with my, my whole body lit up and it just felt so, so right. And it felt so much better that he had been the one to invite me to meet him instead of me just emailing saying, can we meet? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, a it's, small it's not about, yeah, it's not about just sitting on your ass and doing nothing no. basically. It's just about, no. I guess, being mindful of trying to muscle your way through situations, I suppose. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, his name had been on my mind for a while, but I had to wait for when my gut was really on board and like telling me, okay, the timing is right. I just knew it in my body. And so that's when I emailed him. And then he ended up saying, you know, gosh, I've always wanted to teach homeopathy. I've just never had the opportunity. And he ended up uh, inviting um, some people that were on his email list and we just formed our own class. And he like, 
completely just like built a school essentially like where we meet once a month and it was just so kismet and synchronistic and meant to be and that so is just, really cool yeah <laughs> and that stuff happens to me all the time now you know like for example I never like reach out to people to be on their podcast that's another example mm. yeah, I always let people come to me and once I consistently put myself out there on Instagram it just comes and it, it it flows so much better and it feels so much cleaner energetically. You're not like, like you said, you're not pushing and forcing and feeling frustrated because things aren't happening the way you want them to. Yeah, totally. Completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I love all of this. I mean, it's been, it's, it's been really interesting chatting about all of this. Um, I'd love to know before we move on to a couple of different questions, the best resources for anyone who is really interested in learning more about this? Yeah, I really like Chaitan Parkin's books. It's C-H-E-T-A-N. And then his last name is P-A-R-K-Y-N. He has Mm -hmm. a couple of books that I really, really enjoy. Um, And then there's a new book called, um, gosh, I forget, I forget who um, wrote it, but essentially it's how to use human design if you're already in practice, like we are as NCPs. Mm-hmm. And so the book is called Understanding Your Clients Through Human Design. So if you look that up on Amazon, when I got it, it was a free Kindle book. So um, it's a really, really good resource if any other fellow NTPs are listening or anybody in the health profession who wants a practical way to use this with clients. I really recommend that book. Awesome. Okay, cool. So we'll move on a little bit to a couple of different type of questions. So I would love to know what a typical life in the day of you looks like. This is one of my favorite questions to ask. Oh, in the context of human design or just well, you in can, general? You can include that. It doesn't have to include that. But in general, I suppose <laughs> stuff like, you know, waking up, do you have any routines or rituals like what do you have for breakfast what do you Uh, a typical day looks like even though I'm sure it's always changing yeah um so it does always change but um essentially I wake up and I definitely have my morning coffee (laughs) and I have this practice um of always writing down my dreams so I essentially take like five or ten minutes to write down anything that's coming up in my dreams Um, even if it's just like, I remember like a word or just anything from the dream, I just find it's so relaxing and I get to kind of connect in, uh, with what's going on internally. And I just find that there are usually so many interesting messages in my dreams. Uh, my background is in psychology in college, so I'm still kind of very much a psych nerd when it comes to dream interpretation. (laughs) So I love that, um, my breakfast is always an egg with sourdough. Um, yes, I am a gluten-eating NTP. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, that, that actually is one way that I ended up using my human design because I was always like, I, I digest this well, though. Like, I know everyone says it's the devil, but that was like the first way I really used my intuition which was really scary at first, but anyway, that's an aside, but yeah, I love <laughs> And sourdough. I mean, it is sourdough, so I think you're doing it. That's okay. true. That's true. That, that's less controversial for sure. <laughs> and then, um, gosh, uh, I'll usually be researching people's human design charts. So I always uh, take time to really dive into somebody's chart before reading. Um, and I'll just kind of do my chart notes 
and um, I'm in that human or human design. Sorry, I'm in the homeopathy course as well. So I'm always reading my homeopathy books. Um, yeah, gosh, what else do I do? I'm always cooking something. Uh, usually some sort of broth or something in the instant pot. So I, I absolutely love to cook. That's always a big part of my day. Um, and walking outside. Um, we happen to live in an area that has lots of trees and nature. So I'm always getting outside. And that's like the, one of my favorite things to do is just walk outside and listen to music. What else? Gosh. Uh, other than that, it really does vary, but um, that's it in a nutshell, I think. Yeah, I love that. I just find <laughs> it so fascinating hearing what people yeah. have for breakfast and, yeah. you know, it seems mundane, but yeah, I think it's No, I love it too. Really I love hearing what people are eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your favorite health hack right now? So it might be human design or human design related or something completely unrelated. Homeopathy homeopathy a hundred percent. So when I started um, going to school for it, I was like, well, I need to experience what this is fully like for myself. And so I had worked with homeopathy for like the past six years. Um, but I had never been to like a, a distinguished homeopath. It was always in the context of like other health protocols. So it was used very differently. And so I've been working with the homeopath I'm learning from and essentially, like my first session was two hours where I just told my whole story, my health history, everything. And I know we can't get into homeopathy, but I highly <laughs> encourage your listeners. We'll have to, to do another one. <laughs> look another into it because, yeah, if you have lingering symptoms or even like a past of emotional trauma, emotional issues, it's like number one for me in terms of shifting that. It works every time. It's amazing. Wow, that's incredible. That's really cool. So what is the number one piece of advice that you could give anyone listening today? Maybe something that they can go and take action on today. Oh, yeah. I think uh, just try. Okay. I'm trying to wear this in the right way. So I think that a lot of times we just cast down our dreams as things that are silly but I, my piece of advice is that we have certain dreams for a reason and they're part of us. And I think that everybody should spend, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes a day, pursuing something that will get you in the direction of something that you've always dreamt about. So just spending time, even if it's at the end of the day, you know, research that thing you've always wanted to look into or, um, you know, just anything that gets you back into creativity and gets you feeling passionate about life, I think is missing from a lot of people's days because they don't think it's important and they're too busy and they're wrapped up in their work life. But I promise you, if, if you spend a little bit of time each day pursuing things that you are really passionate about, even if it's not your day job, it will start to really transform your life in a big way. That is such good advice. And I've definitely <laughs> had the same experience myself. You know, once you start to follow those dreams and have a little bit yeah. of a mission, how, how much, you know, purpose and um, fulfillment that I'm experiencing. And I see that with so many people as well. Yeah, I never thought I'd be a human design reader when I started reading, you know, about it. I just thought it was fun. And then it just snowballed. And I 
you know, it, it all started with just reading a chapter a day of the book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like as well, a lot of people are looking for the right first step to take. So they're just waiting until they find yeah. the exact right course or the exact right thing. And what I've found and I've seen time and time again, is just, just take any first step. And then if it's not the right one, that's cool. You'll figure out what the right one is by just taking that first step, you know, whatever it is. That's so true. And I mean, that ties so deeply into human design because it's like, do what lights you up. I mean, that's the mantra of like, really all the types, really generators mostly. But as soon as you gain momentum in doing things that you love, you'll find that more things start coming to you too. Like if you're looking for the right course, all of a sudden it, it will come to you because you spend your time more so in joy and more in an open and expanded state that you know, you're open to receiving things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So where is the best place for people to find you online and follow along with you? So I'm definitely most active on Instagram and that's at the ripened heart. And I'm that on everything on Facebook. My website is the ripened heart. Um, So that's really the best place to find me. Awesome. So Kelly, thank you so much for sharing all of this wisdom with us today. It's been super fascinating and I'm sure everyone's gotten loads out of this conversation. Oh, thank you so much, Fran. I really, really appreciate the invitation. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Metox podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to create a plan to reach your personal health goals, head to frandargaville.com and schedule your free functional nutrition strategy session. If you want to connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.